Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the new and improved Cup of Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully subscribed for a ton of great Cubs content. If you like the shows, leave a five-star review and a rating to help other people find us. We've still got all of the series-by-series updates, plus the bleacher banter that you love, and more. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about Seiya Suzuki's resurgence in May and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Meh. <laughs> it's going meh. Meh-ish. Um... Split with the Padres, I guess that's on the West Coast. Is you know, back in the day, you'd say that's as good as you could hope for. You're like, oh, we went out and split with the Padres on the West Coast, but you know, I just kind of get a bad taste in my mouth off the whole series, just getting shut out twice. That's never fun when you score zero runs. You win a squeaker, you get a blowout, and it just made me, in the end, feel a little meh because <laughs> we're just treading water in this season. Dug ourselves you a hole, and we're treading water. It's not a very good baseball team. I mean, this is what it feels like when all you right. have a 73 to 78 win baseball team. They're all right. You know, how are they? Eh, okay. <laughs> I'd say they're meh, actually. Meh. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about the whole like, oh, yeah, you'd think splitting with the, a four-game series with the Padres, that's a, that's a win back in the day. But that presumes that the team wins at home. And I'm not sure this Cubs team wins at home all that much. I think part of that might be because it's not really home for the vast majority of them. Like a whole bunch of these dudes are so new. They're probably getting used to day games. They're probably getting used to the neighborhood. They have no idea. It's not really home if you if you got here yesterday. So I, I don't know. Like It feels like there's a home field advantage for the older guys. And there's like a home field advantage that we feel. But like, I, does anybody really think Jamison Tyon feels at home at Wrigley Field right now? 
Well, he's gonna because he's going to be here for four years, regardless of what happens, which, you know, there's if you want to look at bright spots of what's going on. I know I'm going a little out of order, but, you know, he was he was pretty good in this series for the first time in a while. So, um, you know, but yeah, I don't think he probably feels more at home in San Diego or just as at home. You know, then at Wrigley, it's not like he's been there a long time wearing a Cubs uniform. Probably looks down sometimes at his chest and he goes, oh, damn, I play for the Cubs. I forgot. <laughs> it's been yeah, right. Games. It's like yeah. some of these guys probably feel that way. <laughs> well, Jamison Tyon was the first pitcher, so we, we can just start right there. Let's just start oh, with I game one. That's yeah, yeah, you, you are in order. You didn't even jump ahead this time. Uh, Jamison Tyon was finally good. Mark Leiter got a save. I thought I was watching some other team play a baseball game. Go Cubs. Yeah, it was nice to see Leiter bounce back from, well, giving up the game the day before, or not the day before, but the game before. Um, yeah, nice to see him with a, a bounce back. And he was filthy. I mean, he struck out the side. And, you know, that that lefty split thing, it is a real thing because that ball dives. And uh, it fools even the best of hitters. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely here for it to watch it and it made me actually lighters made me think of some weird uh not weird things but the idea that you need a bunch of pitches maybe not as a reliever but a bunch of pitches to get through and now and then it was like okay you need two pitches okay and now they're down to like okay you need one really good pitch that's super effective against one specific kind of hitter and we will use that as a secret weapon where we need to do it and that's kind of interesting to me that lighter's kind of that guy, you know? So, um, he, and he does have two pitches that he, that he uses. Um, and for the most part, it's been effective this year, let's face it. And so it was really good to see, um, but even more so the Tyone situation, because if he's bad, we're off to a, we're off to a Tyler Chatwood esque start here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so if he's bad, we're screwed. And there's nothing, I mean, got his ERA down to 705. That's the nicest Yay. thing I can say about it. But yeah, we can't have it be like this. He's supposed to be an innings eater, and he took 5.2 in this one. Um, you know, Grandpa, Grandpa, I want to call him Grandpa Tossy now that he, <laughs> he got tossed out of the game last night. But, you know, but now you're he, jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah, he played it well. You know, you've got a lot of strikeouts out of the bullpen that Hughes was good. Merriweather was good. Like they didn't, they gave up one hit, the bullpen after Tyone. So, you know, for a team that's blown a lot of games out of their bullpen to win a two to one game uh, with a guy that struggled as your starting pitcher, like that wasn't, that's not how you drew that game up. When you looked at what was going to happen that night, you weren't like, oh, this is what will happen. <laughs> you know? You would never have said this is what was going to happen. Two to one tight game. No, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have predicted it, but there it was. Yeah. It was a, it was a good game. Uh, the second game was not a good game. You Darvish completely shut down the Cubs, his former team. Uh, the guy who, by, Hey, Danny prospect check. Any of the magic beans, Jed Hoyer traded for you Darvish coming to fruition anytime soon like what Owen Casey's what two years away and that's that's it that's the best we got yeah he's the one I mean the other guys are at Myrtle Beach and this was, was a while ago that they got traded by that the, they got traded to us and they're still at Myrtle Beach just I mean they're that's still at the a. lowest level of minors yeah. the minors just so FYI. I mean so good job 
many years away. I mean, they were in some instructional training camp, so we don't know. I mean, it, we talked about it the other night on the Sunranto show. Um, Michael Cotton did a Where Are They Now segment. <laughs> on, and we talked about, you know, good old Zotch Davies, um, otherwise known as Zach, but I call him Zotch because it's CH. But anyway, the you know, we talked about him and we talked about that whole trade and like where these guys are. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Owen Casey is as close as they're coming so far and he's having a good year. So I mean, sure. I would yeah, rather, if- I'd rather have you Darvish on the team. I'll tell you that freaking much. <laughs> like I would rather have the last few years of you Darvish too. Like rather than like, Hey, Owen Casey might be here in 2025 people, but uh, you know, props to you, Darvish, doing good things for the Padres. The Padres have signed him till he's like 42 or something. He's got to be, I mean, he has to become a closer or something at the end of that. Uh, seven innings pitch, two hits, no runs. Um, the Cubs could do absolutely nothing against you, Darvish, and congratulations for t- turning you, Darvish, into maybe Owen Casey in 2025, Judd Hoyer. Uh, game three, Marcus Stroman continues to shove. I'm glad one guy on this team is consistent and pitching like a rock star. Sure, he will get traded since the Cubs have a mutual option on him this year that they're going to worry about uh, whether or not he'll still be on the team next year. So either extend Marcus Stroman or don't, but that's sort of where we're at right now, Cubs fans. It's it's unfortunate, but the Cubs scored runs in this game, which was great. Yeah, go ahead. What's your question? So if Marcus Stroman, because that's my fear, it's where where my head went immediately when you're like, Marcus Stroman is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, he's strutting around the mound. He's like showing up Juan Soto. We're having lots of fun with the Stroman shuffle that that he's doing. Yeah, I loved every second of it. But, you know, and then my my brain goes to this. Now, if he were to get traded, that option just gets optioned. That's another team's option now, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, like, and so what if he gets traded somewhere that he'd really love to stay? And he's like, oh, this mutual option looks pretty good over here. I don't like what the Cubs are doing. You know, that's, a, that's the other thing that you take. If you think, like, oh, let's trade him, and then we'll just sign him into a new contract, and that'll be our quote-unquote option on him. But he wants to be here. We know you run that risk. Um yeah, he did really shove, and he shoved the last few times. I mean, what a showcase this! What a show this guy's putting on. The Stroh Show was a real thing. Last few outings, I mean, this is not just a flash in the pan. He's been great all year, except for I think the game in Minnesota, which I, was that the one he got blew up, blown up. I, I might have blocked that one from my memory. Got, there was like yeah. one, yeah. There was, I, we don't have to talk his, about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that game will just remove. Yeah, it was in Minnesota. He gave up six runs and seven hits, lasted 2.2. <laughs> but everything else, nine innings, you know, the time before this last six innings pitch. And this wasn't Marcus's best outing of the year. This is more akin to what he was giving us all of April. Except for one start against the Dodgers. <laughs> but, I mean, one sticker a month, like, come on, he's got a 239 earned run average. I mean, Dude is pitching and um and and having fun doing it. And he's fun to watch. So to me, I'm the owner of the Cubs. I'm looking at this situation and I'm like, you know, Jed, I know I make you uh, you know, make all the let you make all the decisions here, but you know, I'm setting this budget and I'm kind of like seeing who's out there next year. And I'm thinking maybe the fans would really like to watch Marcus Stroman strut around the mound for the next five years. Why don't we get why don't we just elongate his contract? to maybe at least to where Haps is or, or, or even a, a year longer, you know, elongate it to, well, that, cause that's the end of Suzuki and that's the end of all that little core. So if you want to build that and like do it the next three years and signal to the fans that we're going to go for it, 
why don't you lock up Marcus Stroman for three more years? I'm willing to overpay for a year year of it, and then let get it done. Get some get it, you know, maybe get another option in there year or something in case he that's what he likes. Yeah, I'm here for it, particularly with uh, Justin Steele on the injured list. Like, you know, you can't just be banking on Steele's going to be your guy for the next five or six years. I think that, you know, there's injuries that happen with all pitchers. Um, Pitching is a tremendously difficult thing to put your body through over and over again. Repetitive motion at the highest torque and strain level that you can possibly have with those joints is, is just a recipe for disaster. So having some depth there is a great idea. I hope those extension talks are occurring. I think Stroman's actually said that he would like to stay in Chicago. So I, I would love that to get done. I don't trust this front office to do it, but hopefully I'm wrong. It's a good fit, to be honest, with who he is. Uh, and you know, kind of his outspoken nature of things. I mean, he does say some dumb stuff sometimes, but for the most part, Everybody I think does. most of Chicago is going to take to this a lot more kindly than much of this country. Like there's not, I mean, and I, I mean, just look around the different cities that have baseball teams, you know, I, and that would be in the market for a big high money, well over North of 20 million a year pitcher. Because that's what he's making now. He's not going to make less. I guarantee that. Is he in the $30 million category for a contact guy? I don't know if that's what we're doing. But um, he's been durable, I would say. I mean, he's going to make between 20 and 30. I would say if he makes more than that, I'd be surprised if somebody went there. But maybe it's the years he wants. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's hard to read the tea leaves with him. But I, I, I do think he's a good fit for the city of Chicago in general, as his personality, as the fans engagement with him. We love him, even for the dumb crap he says sometimes, you know, you keep throwing like this. We'll love you even more. (laughs) Speaking of guys uh, who we'd like to throw some contact baseball, uh, Kyle Hendricks got a little rocked in game four, and I'm not sure how much of this was Kyle Hendricks getting rocked and how much of this was Phil Cuzzy just totally sucking. Um, I thought Rick Sutcliffe was going to get ejected from the booth during this game with the comments he was making about Phil Cuzzy. Like it would not have surprised me at all for him to just, you're out of here too, Sut. I hear, I hear that Coomer was similarly fired up he was. Uh, on the radio. I, it's not just that the umpiring was bad. And look, I get it. Every, the, every Both sides have the same umpire, blah, 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 blah. The calls all went one way. And so one of two things is true, and I just have to throw this out there for Cubs fans. Either Gary Sanchez, who everybody agrees is like one of the worst defensive catchers in the history of history, is better at framing than Miguel Amaya, which I just, I don't think is true. Like I'm relatively certain that's not true. Uh, Or Phil Cuzzy was just like set up weird for the Cubs pitchers all night. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was just having an off night. I think it happens to all of us where you just don't have it together. Maybe he wasn't feeling well, but he certainly wasn't seeing it right. And, um, you know, and it got Grandpa. Well, what's hilarious is Grandpa Tossy gets tossed. And then, so you're like, and everybody's been calling for it. Uh, get out there and yell. Like, people have been mad every time the Cubs get screwed. He should go out there and cause a scene and pull a Pinella and throw the base at the guy and everything that everybody's been called for Grandpa Tossy to do to fire up this team. Well, he finally does it. And on the next batter is a home run. And then on the next two batters doubles. And then all of a sudden we're losing whole game gets out of hand. And then it set it allowed. Um, uh, what's his name? Snell to settle in. And we've been hitting lefties. 
And then we couldn't do it because like the strike zone was all over the place. We didn't know what to swing at or what not to swing at because we're getting, you know, Suzuki got rung up. Swanson got rung up. Everybody was getting Amaya. That was the really egregious one. That was, but by the way, Amaya is up. We, we didn't really talk about him coming back, but he, he did come back, hit his first little major league home run. I think in the Sunday game. It wasn't little. That was a power shot. Like, it wasn't little. That was a, I didn't that was mean a, to say little. I, I didn't. It just came out as he little. He hit his like first a, little home run. Yeah, well, just because <laughs> he's young, I think I diminutized. Yeah, I, I diminutified this. Is that a word? Dimin- diminutized? Diminutized? Dude, I have no idea. It's been a day, One Danny. Like, we'll, we'll make it a word. It's a word. Yeah. New words. I'm going to I'm writing Webster's right after the show, but um, it was a monster it, shot for Miguel. Amaya. Yeah, that was not small at all, but he's young. And so I, I made it little, but you know that, but yeah, he got screwed on this, on this uh, big call from Phil Cuzzy. That ball wasn't even close, like on any angle in any sport, you know, that's just not close. I mean, so yeah, so the game got off to a really bad start, and as soon as they let that happen in the first inning, and Coom Dog started uh, getting mad, I was driving, and I'm and I turned, I was driving with my mom, and I went to, and um, I turned to her, and I'm like, "It's gonna be one of those games, is it?" She's like, "Uh huh." <laughs> I was like, yep, "There it is, just one of I those love games." Your mom. I love yeah. your mom. I mean, it, it was bad. Al Yellen's recap at Bleed Cubby Blue today is pretty much just a bunch of umpire screenshots of like, that's not a strike. That's not a strike either. That's not a strike. <laughs> then, bring on the you, robot ups. <laughs> then look at the um scorecard, actually. You know, it's not as egregious as all that. So um, it favored the Padres. It did say that, but only by a run. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, we lost five zip. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. True. You can go blame what you want. In fact, like everybody, like I just saw Cody Del Mendo from Chuggo is out there being like robot ups now and stuff. And I don't disagree or like at least challenge calls now. That's, you know, he's just starting that conversation. And I'm like, don't give up your scapegoat. You know, because, <laughs> you know, I just saying like, maybe there's something about having ups do this that benefits us to the can Be like, well, it wasn't our team's fault who we love for getting shut out. It's Phil Cuzzy's fault. This fault. With robots. Um, yeah, so speaking of Miguel Amaya is back. I thought this was an interesting decision to call up Miguel Amaya, given that the player who hit the IL uh is Justin Steele. And hopefully it's a short amount of time. I've had a bunch of people reach out to me on fantasy baseball sides of things to ask, like, how long is Steele down for? Can I hold him? Etc. I mean, if you believe the Cubs, and and allow me to like to like qualify this for a second. When the Cubs do injury stuff, they often downplay things that wind. Has, is Cody Bellinger ever coming back? Like Cody Bellinger was not supposed to be on the IL. Like he just had a bruise and then like we haven't seen him for a month. So like, I don't know, man. If you believe the Cubs, Justin Steele should only miss two starts. Brief stint on the IL for a very mild forearm strain. Yeah, you worry with the forearm because it's uh, he's already had Tommy John and and uh, it's a precursor oftentimes to worse things. Um, all, all pitchers, all teams go through this with some elite pitchers. And gosh, I really, I, you know, we're hoping for the best with Justin Steele, obviously, but um, I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I, I don't trust the Cubs. I, I they've screwed you know the, over and over and over again for the last really half decade at least have has this 
these shenanigans go on. Now, I don't watch other teams as closely, so I don't know if other teams are doing this exact same thing. <laughs> Some do. You know? Yeah, it, well, I don't know because I'm not watching all that closely. Like, I, I would like to talk to one of my friends who I'm like, are, are you? I'm like, is your team shady about injuries? Because I also get why you would be. You're trying to trade Bellinger. Like, that is the plan, you know? So uh, you're not going to say anything about his knee injury. So I completely understand why they're doing that, you know? And, hey, I'll, as a fan, I'll support it, and I won't ask too many questions. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> not going to just let it be out there in the universe and like getting steam. You know what I mean? Like talking about his injury because I want him to be traded for some, for something good, but or signed. I don't really care, but, um, but yeah, the steel thing is, is nerve wracking. I think the thing that's beyond, like, obviously this team can't afford to lose Justin Steele and be competitive. So like losing Justin Steele for more than a couple of starts would be devastating to this team. In my opinion, no offense to Hayden Wisniewski, or Javier Assad, or any other dude who might get some of those starts while Steele is on the IL. He has been lights out for the Cubs. He's been their best pitcher. The only guy who has an argument that he might has been as good as Justin Steele is Marcus Stroman. And so you can't lose one of those two dudes and hope that you're going to come back and crawl your way back into the, to the competition of the NL Central. I think the thing that was curious about this move to me is normally when a pitcher goes down, you call up more pitching arms, right? Yeah. Like you call up somebody to come to the bullpen to help you with the fact that you have lost a pitcher. Uh, in the Cubs case, they were like, no, nah, our pitching is fine, which I'm, I'm not sure it is. And we'd like a third catcher. <laughs> well, listen, I'm pro third catcher. If you do it right. I, I think that they're not ready to move on from Barnhart yet because um there really isn't any catching depth beyond Amaya in the system. And then you're just going to end up with like Tucker Barnhart light, which you all know how light Tucker Barnhart is. At least he's been around for a while. The players like the pitchers like throwing to him. Um, Yeah. It's, he can't hit. He hits like a pitcher. You know, I want to D. Can we start DHing for Barnhart when he plays instead of let Stroman pit Stroman can bat. And Barnhart can get designated. Yeah, for. at least at least once or twice a week. Yeah, when uh, Barnhart plays. But I, I would like to see Barnhart play less if Amaya is going to be up and just have Barnhart as an emergency guy, maybe even a late inning replacement when, you know, you're like, OK, this game's tight. We're going to change the catcher. Yeah, I, I don't know why you, you do. Joe used to do stuff like that. You know, Benny's Joe would go out there. He'd be he'd, he'd be he'd be half a bottle of Merlot in and start doing crazy stuff and double switching the catcher and the left fielder and the pitcher and all that stuff. But um, so I, I would like to see less Barnhart. I think that's my little recipe right now. If Miguel Maya is going to be up, I think you let Gomes and his old knees take about three, four games a week. You give Amaya two games a week. And Barnhart gets one game a week and maybe some like late inning duty, you know, just to keep him fresh, <laughs> you know, maybe twice, maybe twice. Maybe he's like Hendo's personal catcher or, or do something like that with it. You know, I don't know, but have a plan that, that rotates Amaya in at catcher to teach him the game and teach him the big league squad. Cause it's hard. The game planning is good for yeah. Barnhart, you know, like there's a reason our catchers are, our our pitchers are doing great for the most part. Starting pitching is really not 
I think Ben as much of the problem as the bullpen, you know, like, or the lack of hitting or, you know, starting pitching has actually been okay. Um, and you got to give half that credit to the catchers. I don't. <laughs> one, one third. I mean, I'll give, I will give a small amount of credit to the game. I, I, here's my question. If the catchers deserve credit for the pitchers, shouldn't they also be game planning for the bullpen? Or are they just like, yeah, you're on your own, Julian Merriweather. Like, come on. Like, it's their job to know, like, how to sequence all of the pitchers. So I, I feel like if there are pitching problems, period, whether they are in the bullpen or you can't be like, the catchers are great because the starting pitchers are good and those bullpen dudes are just on their own. Like, I don't think that is how catcher ERA or any of these newfangled catcher metrics y'all want me to believe in or game planning or whatever y'all people are talking about on Twitter work. And I, I would just like to point out that Wilson Contreras is superior to all of the Cubs current catchers at all of the defensive metrics that can be measured objectively by science. Science. What has it ever done for us? <laughs> <laughs> Just giving us this darn Cubs team um, with our baseball scientists. But no, I mean, the, yeah, I'm just, listen, I'm ready to move on for Tucker Barnhart. Don't get me wrong. Like if a if Miguel Amaya can stay up and prove he's here, like, can you run out two catchers? Yeah, but you're going to, you're going to need at least somebody else in the system that is ready to come up because I, I mean, th that's the thing. It's like, you already got rid of uh, – I already forgot his name. Uh, the guy that came up and never played. And Luis Torrens. Yeah, there you go. Torrens. You already got rid of him. And he was going to be – I don't know what he was going to be. And neither, neither did the Cubs. He didn't play. And uh, <laughs> They're like, what, who are you? And, and now he's like, an Oriole. <laughs> yeah, they're like uh, – I yeah. think. I'm not sure he's still with the Orioles. Let me double check that while Danny continues this conversation. Well, that's what I mean. If all hell break, – let's say you get rid of Barnhart, which you don't even need to do if you don't want to because – who are you going to get replace him with is Luis Torrent, who's probably out there on the waiver wire. Right. So that's dumb. Like, uh, Oh, it's the nationals. It's, it's not the Orioles. I mixed up my, I, I mixed my, I mixed my DC area baseball teams, but you, yeah, but you've got to, you've got to let Amaya play and, and you can let him because he's got a bat, you know, like, you know, Amaya could be the next Wilson Contreras. Amaya is the only catcher that the Cubs have that I don't call not Wilson on my scorecard. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I, I've liked what I've seen so far. Eyeball test doesn't look like he's, he's pooping himself out there. You know what I mean? It's like, it, that's a tough position as catcher. And the pitchers are all like, yeah, he's doing great. You know, and maybe there's, they don't have to say anything. Um, did I tell you that I sat by some, some of Miguel Amaya's extended family when I was, when during his first call up at Wrigley field, it was honestly one of the most heartwarming things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it was, it was amazing. Like they were all like in the row next to me and I was just a single that was available on StubHub or SeatGeek or whatever. And so I sat there, but it was, it was really great. It was fun to see his family have such a great time. His first uh, couple of weeks up in the bigs and, and I'm glad to see him back too, but I, I do think it's curious. And I, I imagine at some point, they're going to have to let go of this three catcher situation because they're going to need arms. And when that happens, it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do. Speaking of arms, we have probable pitcher. More, sorry. One more thing about Miguel Amaya. Another way he could get for, uh, get more at bats first base instead of Trey Mancini. No, he plays first. Miguel Amaya Not has for real though. Nobody's got multi like as he played first base, two games in Tennessee this year. That's all I'm saying. It's not like he doesn't do it, you know. 
I'm just putting that out there that he could play a little first base. If you're looking for Miguel Amaya at bats, even late in the game, you know, like you just like the matchup better. You know, instead of pinch hitting anybody else, you pinch hit Amaya for Mancini or you pinch hit Amaya or you pinch hit Amaya for uh Mervis at some point, you know, like, and then you make him play first or something like it. I'm just saying, I, do you want to make a bet? I'll, I'll bet you he plays first base for the Cubs this year. Like at some point in time, no, I will not make that bet. But I, I think it's more likely that the next dude to see some reps at first base is Cody Bellinger when he comes back from injury because they won't want him running on whatever that knee issue Good is point. out there. And Cody Bellinger has a lot more experience playing first base than Mikel Amaya. So That's that true. would also probably mean that Matt Mervis gets sent back to AAA to work on some stuff, which I, I don't think is the end of the world. I think that, you know, Mervis came up, he struggled a little bit, like let him get some everyday at bats and then bring him There's back. There's another guy that doesn't, season. he doesn't play. Right. Let him yeah. play every day is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. You're going to bring him up and then not play him. That's the dumbest thing. I know we've been facing some lefties, so they're trying to protect him. But if you want him to be your everyday first baseman of the future, guess what? He's going to have to hit against left-handed pitchers. Did Anthony Rizzo platoon? No. <laughs> No, he did not. And now we are well overdue for yeah, a commercial break. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we'll be back with some probable pitcher matchups uh, for this series with the is it the Los Angeles Angels, not the Anaheim Angels. I don't know, man. California Angels is what they were when I was growing up. I can't ever tell. These This other team from L.A. First, a quick break. And we're back. So the Cubs are in the middle of their West Coast road trip. They are 2-2. So far after splitting a four-game series with the Dads, and tonight they will head down to Anaheim to face off with the Angels of Los Angeles, formerly Anaheim, formerly California. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski against Tyler Anderson, Jamison Tyone against somebody named Boriah, and Drew Smiley against Reed Detmers. Danny, what do you see in these probable pitcher matchups? Uh, I mean, we saw Anderson a lot back in the day when he was with the Rockies, and um, he's okay. You know, uh, I know I looked up the Cubs numbers against him. It's kind of a mixed bag as far as it goes um, that, you know, a lot of like two for five is kind of thing. Not a huge sample size. Um, Bellinger saw him the most, of course, but he's not around. Um, had had a, And there's a couple dogs that the Cubs have. It's just a real mixed bag. But he's a veteran pitcher and they got their work cut out for him. And then Jaime Barria is only 26 years old. I'm looking at it. And he doesn't have a lot of starts on he's been in seven games and started only two of them, but it's been pretty effective. Um, I mean, in that he's got a 159 ERA, so <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, seems pretty solid. Yeah, seems like a solid dude. He's he's a right hander and we hit lefties way better. And the nice thing is Tyler Anderson is a left handed hitter or pitcher. And Reed Detmers is also a left handed pitcher. And is only 23 years old, but he has not, he does not have a minuscule ERA like Jaime Barria. He has a 515 in 50 innings pitch, but he does have 60 strikeouts in that kind of time. But I don't know. Does he walk a lot of guys? I'm looking at, no, not really. No, I he mean, doesn't really walk a lot of guys. I'm actually reading uh skimming. I should say a quick article on Fangraphs about Barria um, that Chris Gilligan Bro, and it, it looks like he's a first pitch slider guy. Like he's just got a really nasty slider that he uses to attack the zone. I mean, he he threw a slider on his first pitch fifty seven point six percent of the time in twenty twenty two. I don't know if that's still true in twenty twenty three, but that's an incredible number of first pitch sliders. Yeah, so he's going to be throwing junk at us. I don't. 
he throws with his right. Well. Yeah, he he, th- <laughs> he throws with his right hand, and you know Miles Mastroboni's going to lead off, and you know oh, just, God. Tucker Barnhart's going to get one of his three starts of the week, and yeah, it's just going to be great. <laughs> I mean, right. So we're we're yeah. really looking forward to Wednesday night's game over here on Cup of Cubby Blue. Uh, Drew Smiley will then try to right the ship. We're already just giving her giving the Cubs a loss. We're like, oh no, this guy's got a nasty slider. <laughs> Yeah, nah, we can't do that. No. It's gonna, it's gonna be the weird. It's gonna be the weird lineup. Everything's gonna go wrong. Uh, Drew Smiley will then get the start against Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers threw a no hitter last year, I think, or came real close to throwing a no hitter last year. What do you see in this matchup? At least he throws with his left hand. <laughs> that's that's all, that's the best thing I can say for the Cubs. And he's he hasn't been that good this year. So uh, you know, five fifteen ERA's zero and five, but. The Cubs are the team you get right against. So, um, but yeah, no, he was good last year. He's not good this year. He's still young. He's he's only twenty three, so he's figuring it out. All right. Well, if he figures it out against the Chicago Cubs, he's going to have to do it against their bats. And honestly, Danny, this is the most depressing list of hot and cold hitters that we've had in the time that we have done this show this year. So, as a reminder to people, the way this works is I look at the last two weeks, fourteen days. Uh, you have to have at least twenty plate appearances. In order to make the list, you are a hot hitter if your WRC plus during that time is over 110. You are a cold hitter if your WRC plus during that time is below 85. The Cubs have two hot hitters <laughs> in the last two weeks. Uh, Mike Tachman, uh is has a WRC plus during that time of 123, and Dansby Swanson has a WRC plus of 121, and, and that's it, my friend. Like that's that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the biggest sample size, I think, even with Tachman. Um, no, it's not. It's very small sample size. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> At least our long-term shortstop is hitting. I could say that, but no, it's uh, we've won all the games we've won. We've won by not scoring runs. Like the Stro game was one nothing win. The two to one with Tyone. The yeah. So it, it we there was another. It was two to one against the Rays as well. Um, you know, there was the red series thrown in there where we just didn't do anything except lose. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like I need when, to look. Even when we win, we're not hitting. I feel like I need to look this up. But since Talkman's been on this little mini tear, I'm just going to do the Padre series really fast. But it does kind of seem like Mike Talkman is one of the only guys who drives in runs. <laughs> it's like the Cubs score like very few runs unless Mike Talkman is in the lineup. And then they're like, oh yeah, yeah, run, run, scoring runs. That can work. Okay, that was not true in San Diego. He ended his little mini RBI hot streak. So um, that probably explains why he sat the last couple of games. Um, pinch hit for Morrell. Yeah, he's, 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 that's the cold streak. So the Mike Talkman burner is over, y'all. Like <laughs> we're off the burner for Talkman. It's done. Yeah, well, he, at least he got to kind of be a hot bat this week just by his past performance from the week before. Yeah. So it's a super hot and cold streak. I mean, and you're about to list off a bunch of dudes who hit just the skids. All at once. All at once. All in that, like, Rays, Reds, Padres, Mishamash. This is These are all the cold hitters. Here we go. Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 67 during that time. Matt Mervis has a WRC plus of 52. Jan Gomes has a WRC plus of 52. Trey Mancini has a WRC plus of 41. Miles Mastroboni has a WRC plus of 38. Christopher Morrell has a WRC plus during that time of 18. And Patrick Wisdom has a WRC plus of 8. 
which to remind people, it's a baseline of 100. So if your WRC plus is eight, that means you are 92% worse than the league average hitter at driving in runs. Uh, and this goes a long way to explaining. I, I mean, I honestly kind of said the Cubs won two games in San Diego at all looking at this list. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. It was it's pretty shocking. In the one of the games we won, they didn't really hit in or score. But yeah, the the Patrick Wisdom thing, like if you look last night, the Cubs get shut out. Patrick Wisdom against lefties has really torn into him his whole career, and not last night though. He struck out three times. So that's I'm like that is your purpose on this team is to crush lefties and not strike out three times. And maybe they're figuring out a new way to approach Patrick wisdom. And he now has to take that adjustment and it's a week to week situation. The same can be said of Christopher Morrell, who, um, I mean, he, wow. It just talk about disappearing. The only thing I could say good about it is that he's got more walks than hits. So maybe, yeah, I mean, but he should have more hits and they should be dongs, but I mean, he's batting 94 in his last 32 uh, at-bats over 11 games. It's just like he totally disappeared. What's his um, strikeout rate during that period? Because that's what I worry about with him more than anything. I yeah, mean, the walks high. are encouraging. Yeah. 13, 13 strikeouts and 32 at-bats. So it's high. I'm not doing the math on that. That's that's like close 40%. to 50% people. Yeah. It's close yeah. to 50%. Yeah, it's between 40 and 50%. So it's way too high. Um. Yeah, because 33% would be, yeah, yeah, it's a little higher than that. So, yeah, it's well, rough. And, and and I don't know, what do these guys have to prove down in the minors, though, at this at this juncture? Because Matt Merv is the same way, batting 105. You know, it's like, okay, so let's send them all back to the minors, and I don't know who you're bringing up at this point to fill these spots. Hosmer's gone. If not Morell, then who? Nelson Velasquez? Well, same thing is going to happen to him. Nelson Velasquez tearing it up at AAA. Oh, up comes Nelson Velasquez, has a couple good games, disappears. <laughs> you know, well, like- I think I don't think it's about sending them back to AAA. Mervis, I think there might be a case to be made, although I'm not sure that what Mervis needs to work on is something that can be worked on at AAA. It's kind of like what happened with Morrell, right? Like they sent Morrell back to AAA and all he did was rake. Because the thing that Christopher Morrell was struggling with was breaking an off-speed stuff that is only available, like that makes it to the majors. Like there's not a lot of real nasty cutter slider combos going on in triple a that Christopher Morrell can practice that with. He just has to see it over and over and over again at the major league level until he stops struggling against it. And frankly, the same thing is true for Mervis, which is why it's a little infuriating to see either of those dudes sitting much at all because they need to see, they need the at bats to get better. And that means that you might not be very good for a little bit while they get the at bats to get better. But that will make for a much more engaging August and September than trying to get Mike Tuckman at bats, right? Like I, Mike Tuckman is not, is Mike Tuckman really a part of this team when Cody Bellinger is back? Like, I, I don't think so. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering is like, where, where are you at with this? I mean, it really is a fundamental concept of whether you think that the kids should play or not. You know, right. like, it's, are, do you want to be the Reds? Because the Reds are actually behind us in the standings. So if that's what you want to be, you have to understand that you might end up in third or fourth place. Um, and you're going to have some frustrating games where the kid does something dumb and, you know, that you can't believe that this happened or that happened or the other thing. But 
you, you have to, I guess, wonder because we don't have that healthy mix. It was supposed to be the healthy mix, the young guys overperforming and veterans, you know, playing for their next contract. That's not working. That's not the way it's going. It's just not happening that way. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a struggle for sure. <laughs> Where it has not been a struggle is in Anaheim. The Angels hot and cold bats. It's like a reverse list of the Cubs. It's like the Cubs have all the cold bats and the Angels have all the hot bats. And, and hopefully that will shift th- throughout the course of this series because otherwise it could be some long late nights uh, out there on the West Coast. Uh, Brandon Drury has WRC plus in the last two weeks and change of 168. Gio Urshela, who you may remember from Yankees and Twins days, 158. Shohei Otani, greatest baseball player on the planet in a walk year who's probably going to make a billion dollars, has a WRC plus of 134. Uh, Tice, I think this is their like catcher situation now that they lost their original catcher, but I could be wrong about that one. Uh, Taylor Ward on the hot streak again. He's got a WRC plus during that last two week period at 129. Luis Renjifo at 128. Jared Walsh, who had been dealing with like some migraine issues that he took almost a full season off for, I think, or had a had a real long injured injured list stint for. Um, has WRC plus of 121. So it's nice to see him having a bounce back. Can you hold that bounce back for a little bit while the Cubs are in town? <laughs> yeah, please. Um, they've got a pretty good offense. That's uh, not, I mean, they're like top 10 offense as far as like OPS goes. They hit a lot of home runs. Um, they're, de- they're, they're a decent baseball team. I don't know why they can't put it together. It's really baffling, but <laughs> it's weird. It's like this. It feels like this group of guys should be better when you look at all the component parts. I feel that way about the Cubs, by the way. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, I, uh, the, the it turns Mike. out firing Joe Madden was not the answer for either team. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel that way and you got to play the competition that's given you, um, you know, I don't know what makes the angels ultimately about a 500 team this year, but it's certainly, it, I mean, they've got a better bullpen than, uh, than the Cubs do like they're they, as far as ERA goes, they've got, I think their eighth best bullpen by ERA. If the Cubs had the eighth best bullpen in the major leagues, they probably wouldn't have lost a lot of games that they lost this year um, in the, some of those one run games. So I don't know what, what the, I don't watch any angels games. So I'm you know wondering like, why are you guys 500? When it seems <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it seems you got a good offense. You got a good bullpen. Is it the starters? Is that what, what I mean, because who we're, we're facing is Reed Detmers, who probably is underperformed with his five ERA, and then we're not facing Otani, who is who is actually awesome. So we know he's awesome, and then you look at some of the other guys that we're facing, and they they seem like you got a, the veteran in in uh, Anderson, and then Barria seems promising for them. He's been good. He's got an ERA under two. Like, so what's the issue, Angels? Like, what's going on? <laughs> It's a great question. We're going to find out the answer during some of these late night baseball games. A couple of guys who have been struggling for the Angels. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who you may remember from his Brewers days, WRC plus of 63. And Mickey Moniak, um, nice. former first round draft pick from the Phillies, who is getting another look post, post, post type sleeper alert over here. Mickey Moniak has WRC plus of 53 in that last two week period. Danny, I don't really know why they're struggling. I, I think that this is the post Joe Madden hangover. For both the Cubs and the Angels. And unfortunately for the Angels, it appears that the post-Joe Madden hangover lasts about four years. So, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Yikes. Well, we're halfway through it. Um, 
Yeah, that guy. Watch out for Mickey Moniac, though. I mean, he ultimately, you know, that you're, he was bad last couple of weeks. Maybe he's got a Christopher Morel syndrome because it looks like he strikes out a ton, 17 times in 49 at bats. That's a lot. And he's only taken one walk. I think we should have like a we should have like a side competition going on during this series where we see who strikes out more, Christopher Morel or Mickey Monia. Well, and but here's what and like Christopher Morel, except for Mickey Moniak has a few fewer plate appearances and has only appeared in 14 games this year. But Mickey Moniak has 16 hits, four of them doubles, one triple and four home runs in those 49 at bats. So he is actually slashing 327, 346, 94 for a 1000 OPS on the season. So even though he is your cold hitter, he has had quite a bit of success. Yeah, <laughs> but he had, but so did Morel though. Morel had that like nine home run in oh, yeah. 11 game so I'm saying banger. The same. Yeah. So I I'm I I get I get Christopher Morel. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Morel's my dude. Moniac's a lefty though and I'm looking at his face and he looks mean. I'm scared of Mickey Moniac. I think I think <laughs> I really think this is going to be just a rough week. We're going to, you know, call it the Moniac the Moniac mania. Moniac mania. If uh, Mickey Moniac goes off, we will absolutely be talking about it on the next cup of cubby blue. God, this I wish week he was in the meantime, cub. I wish he was a cub. You could have would fit right in. Moniac maniac. He would fit right in as a Moniac cub. Mania. Uh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Danny, uh, in the meantime, where can people find you? What do you have going on in addition to super late night baseball? Well, I'm releasing an album. And it's mixed and uploaded to Spotify and YouTube and all the streamers, but it is not yet released through that way. The way I'm releasing it is by uh, releasing a shalbum. And the shalbum is a way that you can support music because let's face it, nobody buys music anymore. I'm asking people to buy it anyway. You can download the shalbum early. And the reason it's called a shalbum, not an album, is because the shh part of shalbum is a shirt. And you get a Bleacher Bum Band shirt that's neon and cool. And guaranteed to make you the best person at the party. So you but go buy the shalbum, you support Bleacher Bum Band and all the Cubs rock and everything. You get an early download on June 9th, 6-9, which is a nice day to release a shalbum. And that is a full eight days before the real CD release party, which will be on June 17th over at the Output Lounge uh, right after the ball game. After the Cubs play the Orioles on Saturday, June 17th, you go over to uh, over to the Output Lounge and come watch the Bleacher Bum Band rock as we celebrate the release of nine new Cubs songs. So I'm here for it. I'll, yeah. I'll be at that Output Lounge show for sure. I, I imagine I'll start 90 minutes after first pitch since that's how baseball games go these days. Uh, definitely check out the Shalbum. Support Danny. Support the Bleacher Bum Band. They're great. Sunranto.com slash bleacher bump band or just go to sunranto.com and click on bleacher bump band and you can get to the shalbum and see a picture of the shalbum artwork which oh, uh, nice yeah it's cool I'm it's called it. out of out of left field i don't even say the name of the album out of left field and it's a very cubs related concept if you know where that phrase comes from buy the shalbum and find out yeah 
you can find Danny at, at @sunranto. He will be posting about the Shalbum and the Bleacher Bone Band and more, uh, as he always does. You can find me at, at @bcb underscore Sarah. You can find both of us at, at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we are blasting all of the episodes on the Bleacher Bunch Network, so that you have all of the Cubs content that you need as we power through this West Coast road trip with some late night baseball. We'll find out whether Christopher Morrell or Mickey Moniak strikes out more in Anaheim. Until next time.